0: hey everybody
1: welcome back to the pendulum show my name is yodin kumar and i am joined by my co-host teva Mbamba and this episode we're going to be talking about employment in a recession If no one realized or no one has come to realize is that we are in a recession and so is the rest of the world, really. And the major implication of a recession is that people lose jobs. Unemployment in Malaysia is about 5%. It is expected to rise to about 7% in the next couple of months. The total available working force has increased by about 48% since last year. And that is shocking. Ultimately, what we're going to be discussing about today is that we've invited two people um, who can provide different levels of insights and even uh, advice is on what can a fresh graduate do or unemployed person can do at the moment to better themselves in the hopes of employment for the medium to long-term future as well. So we are joined by Bambash Brother, who is a fresh graduate. He has recently been offered a job and he has accepted it. But he has gone through the process of being a fresh graduate in 2020 during COVID-19. And Amalina as well who is from a talent development agency in Malaysia who actively makes Malaysians more employable within the workforce, get them secure job placements as well in many different kind of companies in Malaysia and helps reduce Brain drain in through through their agency's initiatives as well, and so she'll be a very good source of advice, I believe, for many Malaysians, including fresh graduates. So let's just kickstart right into this, and I'm gonna pass the mic to Deva. All
0: right. Um. So, Shalesh. Hi,
2: Deva. Hi, guys. <laughs> Walk us through your interview process. Um. So. My story is that uh, I was thrust into unemployment before I expected to. Um, So I was studying for my professional accounting papers. So the chartered accountants of Australia and New Zealand, and I was supposed to have a paper in April, um, but because of COVID and all, I got pushed until December. So I found myself looking for a job much earlier than I expected to. And so that kind of threw me off a bit. Right to begin with, but regardless, I started. um, So I had obviously because I'm in accounting, I applied to the big four, and then just whatever uh, I could see on LinkedIn, I looked through job like the company websites, see if they're having job any job openings. So that was my process of like how how I started applying for jobs. Right. Right. So what 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 do you want to know about the actual process? So um,
0: you were talking about how. You know, you had this long time and all that. Um, what were the, what were some companies that you were applied when you you applied to?
2: So the the big four accounting firms, mm. so PwC, Deloitte, EY, and KPMG. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, I tried to apply for jobs that weren't just in accounting. So mm-hmm. Petronas, for example, Securities Commission, e- even Shopee, for example. Yeah. So so what, what happened was I started with the initial pool of a few companies that I really wanted and then I found I had to expand because there were so few opportunities available.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Okay. Uh, yeah, so um, when you applied to all these firms right, uh, first of all like how many of them did you apply for and how many actually
2: got back to you? So I would say I applied for around 20 to 25 uh, positions, but I only heard back from two. Right. Uh, and yeah. how long do they take? <laughs> um, that really depends. So for one, I heard back in the next week, but in another, it was I think after a month. right? And even that, I had to follow up with the HR recruiter.
4: Right. So I mean, you would say that that's kind of unusual, right? That you
2: apply for 20
4: jobs. Uh, only two of them even get back to you with a response on whether like they can take you into the early interview stages, so do you, does that make you feel like opportunities are kind of restricted right now? And uh, what do you think is restricting it? Are there a lot of people coming into the workforce at the same time? Or are there like a lot of uh, senior people who have to sort of settle for lower entry-level positions, which
2: normally fresh grads would take? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a pretty loaded question. And I think you have to look at how things would be if there wasn't corona and now that there is corona mm. so especially with accounting firms what they do is they fill up all the positions at the beginning of the year so as you go throughout the year you know towards like july onwards you find that very few positions so i was really applying in may mm. which means that easily 70 percent of the jobs were already filled mm. okay so that was accounting firms um and that's what you can expect across the board in a normal recruitment cycle, right? mm. Like without, without coronavirus. And now with coronavirus, you're not only competing with your batch. I'm competing with my batch. I'm competing with even more fresh grads, people who have been let go, senior management, who maybe want, have taken a pick cut, want to change in the industry. Mm. So mm. the competition yeah. is really, really high. Mm. and so that, that's demand right and then you talk about supply
1: Yeah.
2: and businesses have been hit really hard with the yep. virus so they're cutting down KPMG mm. for example they're not hiring they're downsizing mm. so the number of positions that were available are really small
1: alright so you know okay you mentioned that right so it, essentially the talent pool for your position entry-level positions grew so that the competition it soon followed right yeah so um with that in mind you still stuck to your guns and still remained positive within the industry and within the specific field right you didn't try to venture into other categories or other industries as well
2: um if my job had gone on i definitely would have tried for you know sales hr marketing I, I think I will have come to a point where I will have taken anything I could get. Mm. So, what would
0: you say is your tipping point?
2: Um, I would say three, four months of being unemployed. Mm. But that, that's me personally. The first four people.
3: No,
4: I mean yeah, right. it makes sense. Like, especially as a fresh grad, right? You have no, not much savings. You don't have a lot of like secondary source of income or anything like that to fall back on. So yeah, I mean, how long can you go without, yeah. right? Yeah. And you know, you may even have like family
0: depending on you and so on. Yeah, do uh, you. Yeah. So um, like what Yodin was saying, uh, so the talent pool is increasing, mm-hmm. right? Um, so obviously you would need other things for you to stand out from other mm-hmm. candidates, right? Um, did you take it upon you to learn anything new
2: during this time uh, to add to your CV? Sorry. So. I graduated from university in 2018, and from then until now, I've been doing a lot of online courses. So mm. I'm sure you guys have a Coursera, right? So that is the main platform I use. And then mm. things like mm. data science, financial modeling, um, there's a bit of coding here and there.
3: Mm.
2: Uh, I wouldn't know if it, it made me stand out to recruiters, but that was the goal of me doing these certificates. So. Yes. Um, did you do like popular
0: ones or did you do like things that were related to your field?
2: Hmm. Um, so I did courses that I thought would help me. Mm-hmm. So for example, the one I did in big data, right, data science, is an IBM said completely unrelated to finance and accounting, but it's such a growing field, you know, in data mm-hmm. analytics. So I thought that I, at the very least, I should know about it. Um, let me put it this way, so for example, law, you know, if you kill someone, you're going to go to jail, right? You, you know roughly the, the laws law. of the country, and the you your daily life, right? Mm. You can have a conversation about it, but you wouldn't generally want a career in, in law. You wouldn't want to be a lawyer. Mm. Yeah. So that, that was my uh, point of view about doing the certain data science and all these other um, topics that I did my search in. I don't see myself having a career in that, but I thought that I needed to know about it.
4: Right, but okay, so do you think that this was valuable to employers when you went for interviews? Like, Were they interested in the kinds of things which you had done by yourself, all this online self-learning, or were they more
2: interested in your degree and your professional accounting papers? They're definitely more interested in my degree and professional accounting papers. But there were questions about my certs and why i did them um what what did i gain and how i see myself applying that into my into the position i was applying for
4: right uh uh, so another question we had is uh, did you feel at at any point like anxious because there was all this like doom and gloom Mm -hmm. talk right about how uh, we're going to be feeling the, the effects of this pandemic for years and mm-hmm. who knows whether businesses are going to rehire until next year or even further out beyond, right? So like, uh, what was your outlook like? Were you did, were, were you quite hopeful optimistic about finding a job or were you beginning to wonder whether this was going to be like a long-term situation for you? Um,
2: so when I first started applying for jobs, you know, I was very gung-ho. I was like, you know, I, I'm definitely going to get a job in like a month tops, all right. but then the pandemic got worse, um, you started seeing job uh, you started seeing that being fewer and fewer jobs, and it, it was concerning, I did feel at the time that, you know, maybe I might not get a job until next year, but, you know, I found the, the, the easiest solution to that um, conundrum I was in was just to, you know, keep applying for jobs, don't get bogged down, uh, just, you know. If I were to tell myself that, you know, I'm not going to get a job until next year, I'm not helping myself. You know, I just have to try and keep positive and keep an open mind about things. Yeah. Yeah. If you talk about job anxiety, to me, when I faced the most anxiety was actually waiting to hear back Mm -hmm. after an interview. Yeah. Because um, HR recruiters, I think they're just overwhelmed with a number of applications. So they're very slow in getting back to you. Yeah. Right. For example, I emailed one, I think three or four times and I didn't hear back until like, I think the fifth email and I had to call. And right. that's a month after the last round of interviews.
1: Right, right. So, um, you know, actually, you could be one of the lucky ones, you know, because you still managed to get a job in the field that you like. And yeah. actually two replies out of 20 it's not too bad. Mm-hmm. Even, even pre-COVID, I would say. Because um, given that the fact that you have a professional degree, right? So comparing to those who do not have professional degrees, they don't have non-traditional papers, they don't even have a degree in the first place, right? They're just going down the pecking order further and further, especially with this pandemic. Um, where What would you say that Whatever steps you took, okay, despite the fact of your degree, right? So the steps you took with the online courses, um, maybe whatever you told yourself mentally, do you think that is like a replicable model to tell someone? Would you still pass on that same piece of advice to someone in a different position?
4: Like if you had to do it all over again, would you Mm -hmm.
2: do things exactly the same or what would you do
4: differently?
2: I think I would definitely be more structured. Mm. For example, I would make um, bands of, of companies. So what would be my first reference, what would be my second reference, third, so on. Mm. I didn't do that. I just, whatever I saw, I applied. Mm. All right. So if someone, if a company were to call back and ask mm. me why I wanted the job, ch- chances are at the time I wouldn't be prepared enough to answer. All right. right. So my advice to, uh, so, sorry, your question was if I would do anything different, all right. Yeah, I would definitely be more structured, but right. generally, I think I would be in the same position,
1: right? Right, uh, a lot of people have been saying that the class of 2020 is supposed to be, you know, one of these great generations, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're, right. yeah. you're entering the workforce at the worst possible time, but at, uh, at a stage where you'll be the most resilient. Um do you think that um it does add a bit of resilience entering the job market right now at this point?
2: Definitely. Um, for example, uh, when I applied for an internship this was a couple of years ago, I went yeah. back in two weeks. So from uh, the moment I applied to the time I got the offer was two weeks. Yeah. And that that was when the economy was booming, everyone was I think unemployment was pretty low back then. Yeah. So coming from that to this, it's pretty disheartening. Right, but right, right. I think because I kept at it, you know, I just applied it. It mm. definitely was helped with some personal growth.
1: Yeah, and you know, um, another pattern that um, I noticed. I mean, I've been when, I've been in the workforce for almost three years, and one thing that is supposed to be, I mean, is. A norm, so to speak, amongst millennials is that they don't stay at a company for very long, right? They gain enough experience and then the moment there's a job offer normally with more money, depends on what the margins are, but you'll at least jump for about an additional 20% or so, right? <sighs> um, so there's this jumping behavior that millennials actually go through until they actually uh, reach a position or uh, reach a certain salary grade that they like. Right, And in my opinion, with this, with this whole thing, right, I think all of us currently lucky, lucky enough to still have a job in this current condition will actually appreciate their jobs more. They'll want to, be, uh, you know, it'll look better for them in the long run as well. Because, I mean, whether or not they're actually happy in their position is one thing, but uh, we definitely won't be taking it for granted. Yeah. Um, Bamba, what are your thoughts on this?
4: Uh, I think I think that's right. Like, if you if you're someone who, uh, hop jobs like every couple of years or every year, or so, and uh, so the company you're with currently, you probably haven't been with them a long time, and so when they're looking to downsize, uh, mm. obviously they're going to go for for people like you first, right? Mm. Uh, I mean, of yeah. course, every company is different, but uh, it's the standard rule of thumb, and so maybe. Uh, millennials or young people maybe have like it's an old quality right of uh, you know you are loyal to your employer in a sense uh, that our parents had and they would stick with their employer for decades even they can spend their Mm -hmm. whole career in one firm and uh, uh, up until now it's been hard to see the value in that Mm -hmm. Um, but now it sort of uh, comes back into focus a bit yeah Mm
2: -hmm. but it's not just our generation though uh, there was a study that came out. I think either December or January. Uh, mm. It said the average time a person stays at a job is four years. So and and that's not just our generation. It's the generation before us. You know. So it'd be interesting to see mm. if that number actually grows after this pandemic. Right. Maybe maybe the sample size was too large.
1: <laughs> so the <laughs> length of time of People staying in their jobs previously just offset the average of people in our generation, and still brought it down to an <laughs> average of four. I mean, frankly, within oh, frankly oh, within my, my group, <laughs> I mean, within my circle at least. Anyway, I'm is this pure? Is mainly out of observation, even through CVs uh, of me hiring other people to onboard in my company as well. It's still a very much a very common phenomena. But it I'm also in a very booming industry, it's very competitive. So definitely, the podcasting
4: industry right? That's what you're referring to.
1: <laughs> the what?
4: The podcasting industry is what you're the referring pod- to, right? The, the booming podcast-
0: industry. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Who is the circle uh, is talking about?
1: Uh, yeah. Oh I'm sorry, I have more friends other than the two of you all, you know.
0: Shiley
2: wow. isn't. <laughs>
1: Shailesh is not the host of the show,
2: though. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God!
1: What? <laughs> okay, no. All of you are my friends. This just Shy is not part of the show. Okay, I I know what. Do I need to stop talking so I don't get massacred here?
2: Did help the gang?
1: No, you know. You know what? Uh, Shy, I'm the guest. How about you take over?
2: So you then tell me about your job hunting.
1: It's been tough, man. Like. (laughs) No, but like at least at least from my position, right? From my point of view, um I definitely knew I needed to stay in this company for at least another two years.
2: Purely because it prior
1: um no in line with COVID, in tandem with COVID. Because um despite the fact of availability of other jobs, right? You do not understand the financial stability of the other organization. I mean, rationally, you would think if they are hiring, they should be stable enough to onboard you because you're wasting unnecessary resources onboarding, right? But it's still a risk. It's something that you would never have gone through your mind um, pre-COVID. At least it went through mine. You need to I, I think basically we need to be we become a lot more diligent and we don't take things for granted as we used to. You know, maybe it is also sort of a wake up call to those who are in a job. But definitely the ones who are most impacted are not as lucky as us. And even all of us sitting here, even despite yourself, right? They are they were for example, gig economy workers weren't even making a living wage before COVID. Right, so I can't even imagine what, how many jobs they might be even doing right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, another another thing that you should look at is, um, so you said um, right now you you should appreciate the job. We we mm. we normally would appreciate the job even more because you know, with what's going on out there. Yeah. Uh, if you look at it at the other side, people who don't actually like their jobs in the first place. You bring in COVID and then suddenly I can't leave
1: for yeah. another,
0: what, a year, two years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that is, the, that is the thing you have to battle with, I guess. You have to negotiate with yourself what would you rather lose or what would you rather have. I'm not sure which one would be a better angle for you to be on. Mm-hmm. But, I mean... Uh, if I, if let's say if I was advising someone, is definitely stick to your job. La. Yeah. You you know, you still need to be able to survive on your own independently, financially independently. Yeah. But I mean, like when it comes to that, definitely if you don't even you like your job, you stayed on, this COVID thing happened, obviously then you continue staying on, then your mental health takes a toll. And this is something that uh, even even for founders of of companies, uh, freelancers, right, they obviously go through these lulls. Um, But that's why even if you, there's been a lot of posts and a lot of um, activities that have been sprung on social media on being more aware of yourself mentally. I mean, I think there's been a surge of exercise uh, regimes and routines Mm. increasing, like, Significantly, even despite the fact that gyms were closed, a lot of people were working out at home, and it definitely does alleviate some uh, mental stress. But obviously, towards the degree, despite the fact you're still cooped up at home, but then you know it's a whole other thing. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I think that um, there there were a lot of trends in the market, like in terms of the jobs that were available and the jobs that were disappearing, and. Basically, COVID has just accelerated those th- trends. So there is like increasingly like the shift towards automation. And automation doesn't mean that uh, jobs are the the total number of jobs is going to diminish. It just means that you're going to see newer kinds of jobs. And mm. so it is a good time, especially if you're like unemployed right now. I think to 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 spend some time like acquiring new skills that can better suit you to this environment because I think that the new environment is going to be uh, there's going to be a lot of automation. Uh, employers are going to value uh, workers who have the skills uh, to work effectively from home, for example, yeah. to work yeah. remotely, mm. right? Mm. And I mean, it's not easy to work from home. You need to, I mean, you need to be tech savvy to a, to an extent. Um, whatever yeah. job you're doing, yeah, uh, you you need to be able to apply techniques to make your workflows more efficient. And these are things which can apply whether you're a programmer, an accountant or even someone in sales. Mm. So yeah, it's a, it's a good opportunity, it's a good wake-up call, it's just sort of speeding up things which were happening already, uh, forcing people to adapt.
1: So we just heard from Shilish Bambas, used to be unemployed brother. Congratulations on the job. We spoke to Shilish about the things he did and the steps he took to make himself more employable how did he wedded through this period of doubt and uncertainty as a fresh graduate in Malaysia during this time? But ultimately, um, what we took away from Shailish is that he was very much resilient in his ways towards finding the job that he wants. But we also have to recognise that many people would not be in his position and now in worse positions in fact and we need to provide support to them as much as we can. So the key takeaways would be you need to be resilient, take steps to be productive, always be learning. Um, You need to be hustling more. You know, we can't be comfortable in a single source of income right now because it is vulnerable. We need to be more financially literate as well, I think, as we go throughout this process. Um, Be versatile, develop soft skills, hard skills as well. But ultimately we need to be resilient in our mind frame when we are strong mentally we can weather through almost anything and it's not a ted talk i'm serious it needs to get done things need to get done so moving on to get more concrete evidence from an expert as well we're speaking to amalina who is from a talent development agency as well and she has many one of years of experience in actually dealing with young talents. So she will be able to share some level of insight and advice to many Malaysians as well as they're still finding their feet in their careers as well and especially fresh graduates who are still trying to get their first job. And how do you make yourself more employable to employers? And how are employees actually finding potential candidates as well to fill up these positions? Are, are companies still hiring actively? What are these processes like? We'll even get into the credibility of online certifications that many people will be taking and should be taking, in fact, actually, is not to negate the value of it, but how credible is it in the eyes of the employer? So without further ado, Uh, I'm going to pass it over to Bamba.
4: This episode, we want to talk about what it's like being a fresh grad or somebody entering the workforce for the first time under very difficult economic conditions. And so further to that, we have on the show with us today Amalina who works at an agency which helps develop talent especially for people who are new entrants <laughs> into the workforce uh, and even people who have already been working and uh, maybe she can have some insights on this to share with us so maybe we can start with Amalina uh, what is the kind of work that you do
5: hi everyone i think Hello. Bamba explained my work very well <laughs> thanks Amba.
3: Right.
1: Yes. It <laughs> okay. wasn't given by Amelina whatsoever. <laughs> 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 right, right. Okay.
0: So, uh, Deepa, do you want to uh, okay. start? Okay. Uh, so, Amalina, uh, well, you know, picture this. Uh, I just came out of uh, uni, right? And I'm looking for a job. And I come to you. Uh, what would your advice be?
5: Firstly, I'd ask. Uh, How are you? So nice. <laughs> <And they're> so nice. <laughs> this is why she has a job. <laughs> <laughs> Talent
0: agency. Yes.
5: Yeah. Yeah. How are you?
0: How are you? I'm fine.
5: Ah. Okay. Great. Um. What What field are you in? We're supposed to answer these questions. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do no, 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 the what? background before. No, no. Okay, okay. Okay, let, let's say out. like in, in like engineering. Or
0: something. Okay, let's say yeah. Let's say I'm in engineering.
5: Okay. No, it doesn't matter actually. But okay. Um, <laughs> um. Yeah. Firstly, like I have, I I have um, a few advice for graduates who are just coming out or had just come out. Like fresh one year or, you know, they're still looking for jobs. I understand that right now is a really difficult time for everyone, especially fresh graduates. Um, But on the bright side, I just like to start off to say that there are companies that are hiring. So it's a matter of how you maneuver yourself during this time. Um, Firstly, you know, um, take in all the financial uh, reliefs the efforts by like the federal state or whatever release that are available, there's like financial aid, the moratorium, um, maybe there's a PTPTN loan delay, like anything um, to help relieve yourself financially first. Um, Secondly, I'd like to like get them to consider um, short term or unexpected work in the interim because this gives time for employers to adjust during this time. And then also for us to for us graduates to gain confidence navigating in uncertainty. So getting these type of jobs, um, it also helps show to employers that like, hey, I am navigating through this hard time. Um, I've also gained transferable skills in the meantime. And these and these type of jobs can be like anything. It can be like a warehouse distributor. You can go into grocery inventory. You can do food delivery and these kind of things that you have to gain is like transferable skills as well as soft skills, definitely 100%. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is um, right now, everyone is going on virtual uh, platforms right now to hire. So you have to be comfortable in being online. So like, like I'm talking to you guys right now, um, it's good to look decent when you're online as well. Uh, how you talk, how you deliver yourself. Um, Are you saying we don't look decent now? (laughs) No, no, (laughs) I'm saying I don't look decent right now. (laughs) (laughs) Carry on, carry (laughs) on. Yeah, so I think personal branding is really important right now. Like Upping your LinkedIn game is super, super important because employers can't see you. They can only imagine you.
1: Wow. <laughs> <It> <laughs> sounds interesting. <laughs> la. okay. Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's definitely something that I would tell them to do. Um, yeah, and also attend all types of webinar sessions. There's like a lot of one to one sessions, like closed webinar sessions, and this can help network, like, increase mm. your networking uh, opportunities. That's, um, that's a good point. Yeah, and also making your CV and video uh video what do you call that
1: video video, video CV, resume video
5: resume yeah those are like super important right now you have to like pop
1: oh wow interesting yeah
5: because right now companies will tend to go into the more digital way in hiring so you have to be also very tech savvy if you're not mm. then companies will be like nah mm. yeah yeah
0: I, I actually googled um how to be more employable and the first website that came out right uh, one of the advice was to up your social media game yes do you
2: have any thoughts right. on that uh,
5: Marina? yes I please don't agree. advise
1: us to download tiktok is that is that an advice is that solid advice yeah,
2: i have tiktok
5: <laughs> that's I, why
2: you're unemployed
0: no. oh you were
1: I,
2: I, 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 I,
5: I, <laughs> see it's because he got tiktok he got employed right yeah,
2: exactly. uh, yeah, exactly.
5: yeah uh, if you have tiktok you have personality then wow. come complete... <laughs> what
2: I don't have
0: social media I <laughs> no, 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 no personality
1: <laughs> fine I'll go to the gig economy <laughs>
5: To be fair though, like social media does help um, in some way, help employers see who you are, um, Mm. judge uh, how comfortable they would be with you um, Mm. because I'm sure most of you know that when hiring, it's important that you like the company and the company likes you. your personality matches the company and the company matches your personality. So it goes both ways. So definitely having a social media or presence is important. But of course, like, you know, if you don't want, it's okay. But just keep your professional, personal branding there. Or right. just be present. Yeah,
1: Right. So just two, yeah. two, two things, right? Uh, first point is, I'm glad you, uh, very sound advice, by the way. I have definitely followed one of those. I have, delayed my PTPT and payments as well. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds good coming out from someone
5: else. Uh, No, as in like, not...
1: It's okay, Amalina. (laughs) I've taken your advice.
5: (laughs) Okay, sure, whatever.
1: But the second point, right? Actually on webinars. Mm -hmm. um, From... uh, Some people might say that from webinars, because maybe it's so prominent so prevalent right maybe and maybe some of them could be on the same topic but from different organizations um is the networking opportunity strong in each does it matter on the organization would you say
5: um okay so there are webinars that are closed webinars and those are the ones that i would prefer to attend as well when um, it's like up to maybe twenty to thirty people. Then your Q and A is a lot more easier to connect, easier to ask, and they would easily see you. So obviously, webinars are like huge and then like unlimited views. That's a bit redundant if you want to network. But two small prox- proximity groups then that would work.
1: Mm, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Personal branding definitely is a very important thing.
5: Yeah, it can be a bit yeah. annoying, lah. I get it. Like, hi, 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 hi.
1: Right? Uh, yes.
5: Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. I'm glad you guys understood that. Okay.
4: Okay, yeah. Amalina, should we upload our video resume on TikTok?
5: Hundred oh, percent with the dance. <laughs> I'm
4: kidding. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Plus fifty percent employability, right?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
5: <laughs> Creativity, right? <laughs>
1: Man, no! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay lah. <Okay. laughs> Alright, right, right. So, Awalina, uh, well, you know, uh, what are the industries that, um, you know, fresh grads should be looking towards and what are the industries they should avoid completely, especially in these times? Uh,
5: okay. Um, sometimes I like to start off with good news to know that there's hope <laughs> out there. Brilliant. So, um, know that these companies, these industries that are open um, understand that each and every industry that's open that are supporting uh, departments there as well. So there's a job out there for everyone. Um, so these industries include like e-commerce, um, like Shopee, Lazada, uh, Zalora. These are highly hiring. Um, there's education, there's F&B because people constantly need a source of food and then there's also like uh, FMCGs like Nestle, Rekip Beckinser, uh, P&G, these are all companies that are highly hiring because, you know, they need to produce the hand sanitizers and um, healthcare, obviously, uh, Deva, such as yourself, yes. Uh, logistics like ninja van Post Laju, um, media and marketing and also telco these are the companies that are highly 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 hired right now right
0: and the ones you should avoid
5: um aviation
0: naturally the
1: slumping <laughs> ones <laughs>
5: yeah, yeah. Right.
1: Transportation. Uh, actually actually I wanted to ask right so actually earlier we spoke to shailesh um, on the level of competition that has pos- possibly increased due to the increase in the talent pool for positions, right? But on the other hand, right, the flip side, um, has there been any signs where companies recognize this? I'm sure they definitely want to be able to help solve or reduce the burden on unemployment. Do you, Is there somewhere maybe they'll be a little bit more lenient in their hiring requirements?
5: I honestly hope so. Like, it is we are going through really hard times right now. So employers should acknowledge the fact that everyone is trying to survive right now. So some people would grab any opportunity they want, uh, they can get. So um, as long as you yourself, when you get into these uh, different types of work streams that you are looking into, like career paths, like different career paths, it's important for you to also know how to say like, this is what I've learned. This is how I can be adaptable. And I think one thing is like adaptability is number one for every company. Like if they know that you can adapt, they will probably consider you a lot higher than people who just go like, "Oh, I didn't learn anything, or oh, I didn't take chances or oh, I didn't do this. So yeah. yeah.
0: Um, do you think most people should um, focus on their feel or like you know, Try new things.
5: Um, So, like, okay, let's just see someone who has been wanting to be a pilot all his life, right?
3: <laughs>
4: um. <laughs> just that just straight up. You need to stop dumping on the aviation industry. <laughs> people
5: are hating right the, now. <laughs> I know. So, I, I want to yeah. focus on them to, to relieve their pain, you know? Oh, huh. so, yeah. <laughs> so, so, let's just say, you know, you want it, you wanted to be a pilot, right? And then come this year, this happens. So, what, what do you do in that sense? Like, do you still go towards wanting to be a pilot when you know that in the next two years there are going to be what, 100,000 pilots who are going to be unemployed? It's a tough market to get into. So, um, definitely weighing out their options right now is the best thing to do, La, like finding an alternative just to survive. And I'm, I am I hope for those people who want to be pilots right now get to be pilots one day.
4: Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, speaking to that, right, like <clears throat> uh, we were just talking about this earlier also about how there are kind of longer term trends in what kind of jobs are available.
5: Yeah. And
4: like automation is changing everything and at a much faster pace than people were expecting or are, are used to facing, right? And so like, people should be looking a bit further down the road. Like, for example, pilots. Uh, Yeah, even if the industry recovers, like, like, for example, maybe in 10 years time, those jobs themselves will be automated away because even right now, like, a pilot is is not really doing anything for 90% of the flight. It's just landing and taking off, right? So uh, how much attention do you think job seekers should pay towards the kind of jobs they look for, which might be... Automated way, not relevant anymore, and uh, uh, do you have any insight into what kind of fields are sort of going out of fashion,
3: going other than, out uh, of fashion?
4: Uh, or yeah, or which are not going to, not not going to be uh, very valuable. Like say ten years down down the road, yeah, maybe,
1: maybe somewhat redundant.
4: Maybe. Yeah, somewhat redundant, and yeah, other than pilots. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
3: oh, oh, hey! Oh, wow! So, well,
5: well, <laughs> I. I No more examples. Oh,
3: okay. (laughs) I'm
5: kidding. I'm kidding. kidding. (laughs) Um, Well, I know that right now, uh, AI and AR is definitely something that people are looking into because what better time to, I guess the benefits of not relying on humans is a lot higher now. So that's why robotics is going up. But then I do know that um, companies or jobs, they still rely on the soft skills of people. So it's the manage ma- the managing the strategizing, so those are the kind of parts that people should move into, into yeah. words yeah
0: yeah, um, yeah so another question I have is um, so you know Sh- uh, before this Shalesh was telling us about you know some of the courses he was doing um, while he were, while he was applying for places. Uh, I'd just like to know um you know do these courses uh, play a role in employability. Like, how much do they weigh to an employer? These courses, are how much do these courses weigh to making decisions?
5: Um, I think right now, I'm not too sure. Mm-hmm. But I do know that even back then, um, people can have all sorts of courses, all sorts of certificates. Um, definitely the ones that are the like certified certificates. Right. Do you understand? Yes, yes. Yes, the legit ones, sorry. Yeah, those are the ones that people do look out for. But then again, I do know a lot of people who have a lot of certificates. They they have like titles and everything. But then again, when it comes to performing, when it comes to like being presentable, their communication, how they work with people, uh, it's very low. So right yeah i, I think there's a term for
1: these people right I, I i heard the term <laughs> third sluts what <laughs> i saw that's something that i i see on linkedin
5: oh okay um, i haven't it well, was like call this
1: third sluts
0: <laughs> i say <swear laughs> it's
1: a legit term that is on linkedin
0: you didn't this show is for all viewers now. Okay, I... what the hell is going <laughs> to Hey,
1: she's been hating on pilots, okay? What if a pilot had all this So What would she say then?
5: No, I, I to be very honest with you, uh, my dad is in the aviation uh, business. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, it, it touches right?
3: No one would have guessed, <laughs> you know. I just realized.
5: So, I understand their struggles uh, on a personal level, so,
3: mm.
5: yes. I mean, it's good yeah. for engagement,
4: like, if pilots watch this and the pilots you yeah. know like once to issue a response. <laughs> <laughs> like we
3: would be very open to that.
5: So should this uh, podcast episode be dear pilots <laughs> don't worry
4: <laughs> I will personally burn it on a CD and send it to all the pilots <laughs> <laughs> <I can>. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> you
5: know, I'm, no, CD. I'm we're sorry pilots.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it might get suited out if I email it right so <laughs> Uh,
0: Yeah, do you want to move on
2: to... Yeah, yeah, Uh, so I'm going to move on to Sharish. You have questions? Um, So, yeah, um, my question is basically just, well, in a way, adding on to what they've asked. Do you see more people, you know, doing online certificates or going to vocational colleges as opposed to getting a paper qualification? Do you see the paper qualification is kind of losing its value slowly over time?
5: Okay, um, from my understanding or from my point of view, paper qualifications are only looked at by the bigger companies or the more established organizations. Mm. So people who, you know, look, decide not to continue and decide to take like professional certificates to specialize in specific areas of where they want to go to in their career path, they should definitely look into um, Growing companies like entrepreneurs or like um, app companies that are growing. So those are the places that they would definitely value who you are and your skills rather than um, what you are on paper. Mm-hmm.
2: So would you say it depends on what field you're interested in? Okay.
5: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like yeah. So let's just say someone in digital marketing. Yeah, I'm using a different example. Okay. Um, Uh, So in digital marketing, Uh, you're really good at um, what designing, you're really good at copywriting. Uh, These skills, maybe you don't need to go to university for, right? Like, it's a skill that you can harness. And maybe if you already have a degree in hand, um, it's definitely an enhancer to what you do. But definitely... In the end, it's what you're able to deliver, right, to the company. And these skills that you can deliver, they can only be done, like, by practice. So,
2: But do you think the lack of a paper qualification limits your growth in a company?
5: That really depends on um, the company that you're looking at. Like, if they do limit you, then are you in the right company? Are you valued? I don't know. Right.
1: Right. (laughs) But um, maybe, um, I know the focus is fresh grads, right? But then maybe, for example, the next step um, of qualification would be a postgraduate degree or a master's, right? Would you say it is viewed the same way? Like, um, does it add, is there any uplift in value in having those additional qualifications on top of what you already have?
5: OK, so these kind of um, things that I've, I've debated a lot with my friends. Um, I have a lot of friends who right after uni, they go straight to master's. So these kind of things, like, um, is it beneficial for you? Like, because when you come out, you might have to, you are also like fighting and competing against fresh graduates, right? Like, because you don't have experience. Um, in my opinion, I think experience is really important. Like being in the working force is really important. Uh, that's where you get most of your skills. That's where you learn the most like hands on. Um, and therefore like taking your masters, uh, it's really important to see like if you are a fresh graduate, you've done your degree, you go into your first job, you move on and you have a career path that can only progress significantly more if you have a master's degree. So that's when you can definitely consider like highly like, okay, this is when I really need a master's degree. But other than that, right now, um, statistics do show that masters, people with masters who are um, like get uh, MBAs or anything, they are not highly sought after. So people with masters from degrees like, uh, from after they have worked, they go into like AI or computer science or um, any other fields these are the kind of people that would get paid significantly more because of their master's degree because they are specialized in that field yeah
1: Mm. okay so specialization definitely does count
5: yes but if you're taking a degree like your master's just to do your MBA um, you have to consider whether you want to go into a leadership role then maybe your MBA would make more sense. Yeah.
1: Right, right. OK. So um, well, technically, I was going to go into the gig economy question, right? But maybe a good segue before that would be um, traditional education versus the new new normal sort of education of what uh, Shai has basically gone through. So online courses, um, virtual learning, and things of that matter. Um, wh- do you have a sense or do you have an inside thought opinion on what would be the future of the universities or what role would universities play in the future now that these courses are prevalent and that it does open doors for a, l- a lot of fresh graduates mm.
5: um, for universities right um, I do know that some universities because uh, my job also encourages me to meet up with a lot of universities. So we do have a lot of conversations with universities, both private and public. Um, These universities, they do focus a lot on um, employment rate for their students, right? So they always want to make sure that their students are employed right after graduation. Um, So what I understand is that a lot of uh, universities, one, they do look at placing their, their students in internships. So uh, there's a lot of universities who do the whole, um, like one semester in university and the other semester in the workforce, right? So now a lot of universities, they look at um, wanting to place their students in internships. So um, actually one university I talked to, they actually wanted to, like because the students are not even going to classes, they want them to be placed in companies until they graduate kind of thing. Because they do value that working experience is really important for their students, so that's why they have contacted my company to help uh, match them with industries that are looking up, looking for students to hire. So there is one part that I think, if you're not sure of what you want to do, like going into internships right now is really um, helpful, because a lot of companies one they may not be able to pay for a full time staff, so. You, they would give you work that is not menial. Um, It is definitely like helping to take off workload from current companies right now. So uh, internships are something that universities are looking at and maybe other people should look at as well. I've had a friend who did internship, I think for a year and a half in like three different companies. And now she's like, flying high, like she has and then she did different, different industries as well, but almost the similar scope of work, so companies really valued that uh, you know, she went out and did internships, because that that can be part of working experience as well
1: Right, right Yeah Okay, but then um, maybe, but with the would I be able, for example if let's say I just finished whatever Um, pre-university qualification even straight after SPM right with this knowledge right now could I go to a company get internships prove my prove myself over and over again maybe at different companies going through internships and then get employed full time
5: I think there are some companies who are open to hiring SPM leaders definitely Um, Mm. I know uh, companies like Maybe PWC, they hire, and then it's, it's definitely like you're in the lower um, like job scopes, but right. then you can work, can definitely work your way up. Yeah. Right. And I've seen people who have done that as well. Right, yeah. right. And uh, one, point, one more point to say I think when universities do consider taking back um, their students, maybe it's to reskill them or to upskill them. Um, that's an option for people who can take. And I think um, definitely is something that the government maybe has thought about or should think about is to bring people back to university so that, you know, unemployment rate does decrease, right? Okay? It helps bringing people... Like, students are not considered unemployed, right? So, uh-huh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so we just bring everybody back to uni
5: don't worry yeah.
3: yeah but I mean on the subject of internships
4: right in particular <laughs> yeah, I think that a, a lot of especially uni students who need to do internships to fulfill a certain kind of requirement right of yeah. the course they tend to do a lot of this like I would call them coffee boy internships, where the job is basically like to scan things and get coffee. And you know, it's yeah. like it's surprising the number of people who end who end up in this in these yeah. kinds of internships. Like I was, I have a lot of friends from engineering, right? And like the number of them who basically like didn't do anything for the three months of their internship except like,
3: oh you know, in the last
4: two weeks when the lecturer is coming to do to like uh, supervise or, or check up on them, then suddenly like they have a lot of work. So, I mean. <laughs> Uh, it's it's hard, isn't it, for 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 a student or for a young person to, like to judge which mm. what's the right firm for me to like. What do are there any kind of resources for them to look at when they're looking for internships, especially?
5: So my company, um, we have an initiative, uh, for internships, and yeah, uh, it's to ensure that companies who employ, uh, interns. Firstly, they have a structured internship program. Um, So to be able to enter this initiative, they would have to list out like, these are the things that we will be asking the intern to do. Um, And also this is the salary that we'll be paying, which has to be um, the minimum salary that you have to pay interns in Malaysia. Any lower than that, you can actually report the company. Um, Mm. Just, you know, sticking it out there. 500 ringgit. No yeah. I mean, as it's, it's well as no but you know, if you were paid lower than that, you can definitely uh, If you know, were paid lower
4: than that, then you're probably a pilot, right?
5: Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> well...
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my
5: god! <laughs>
1: <laughs> that? was a... Now, who you know. is
5: hating on pilot? Is it me or is it yeah. you?
4: <laughs> I'm just following the theme, you
2: know? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I want to be a pilot. <laughs> and then my brother um, told me I have glasses, so I can't be a pilot.
3: My crush, crush my childhood dreams.
4: Hey, hey, good thing I did, right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> what would you be doing now?
4: Yeah, exactly right? <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> my god! The end. <laughs> I think we need to change the title of the episode to "It's a bad time to be a pilot." <laughs> <laughs> But
5: <laughs> that's true. Uh, actually my dad uh, he um straight out of high school, he went to pilot school. And then um I think he was a pilot for like a few years until he realized that like, eh, hey, actually people are not taking me seriously. So um <laughs> Wow
3: <laughs>
4: I think
5: like I think that's how he said it, but um no, he decided to go into a leadership role in an, in the aviation industry and that's when he took the mba so his only certification was his mba he didn't even have a degree uh, so no. and then but so that's why now um, any of my cousins who want to be pilots or my nieces and nephews they want to be pilots my dad will always go like make sure you have a degree to um, back you up yeah. so in any case if you want to be a pilot
4: it as Engineering
5: a hobby. degree, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be an engineer, and I work hard enough to be a like a private pilot for yourself, right? Oh. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I can
4: get behind that, but actually, you raise an interesting point, right, about your dad's career path. Like, he didn't have a degree. Uh, he was a pilot, and then he wanted to get into leadership, and then he went and did an MBA. And I have the sense, right, that. Our parents' generation That this was a path That was open to a lot of them Like I hear even like From my mom's uh, friends Who They didn't even have An accounting Or finance certification But now they work at places Like Kenanga And you know uh, Just by experience They work their way up And they're at the top of the line But it feels like Right now um, It's reversed Yeah And uh, Do you see companies Shifting back to the moment Where they look at you mentioned big firms are a bit like recalcitrant, right? They like to look at whether you have a degree or not. And I know that they even pay you less for the same job. Some of them, if you have a degree or if you don't have a degree, they look at that as well. So like, do you see a shift back towards the mindset of, uh, I want to look at uh, your skills and experience instead of just um, the 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 degree you got, the piece of paper that you hold in your head?
5: Yeah. So I think my theory is that um, big companies, they look at uh, paper qualifications because they get a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of CVs in a day. So the only way for them to see how fit you are for the job, uh, air quotes, um, is that, you know, you come from a certain university or you have a certain background. So it, it's just their way of narrowing down their candidate stream, right? So, um maybe they have to relook at how they work because a lot of people now are moving in towards other companies, right, like growing companies like Grab, a lot of people are going to like Zalora, these are people who um, actually a lot of them don't have the paper qualifications. So maybe these kind of companies, they look more closely into talent development, like in-house talent development.
3: Right. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah. Yeah. That's but, my yeah.
4: It, it's basically like which resumes which they pull out of the pile, right? Because like when you have an interview in the industry, like that's when you know whether this person uh, actually shapes up to what his C V says, yeah. right? But the yeah. so what you're saying is that the problem is that you don't get picked out of the pile anymore because you didn't have that on your yeah. right.
5: Yeah. Which is really sad. And I hope that companies start to relook their hiring processes, which I hope they do.
1: Right. Yeah. Um Okay. Um you know, okay, so Majority, majority of the time, when normally when we think about getting a degree, it's very transactional, right? Because you think in your mind, I'm getting this degree to fulfill an end. It's a means to an end, right? To get a job. But um, maybe sometimes we tend to downplay the role of the university, of universities, in shaping your soft skills, right? Because that's you're not going to be able to develop that easily through online certifications at all. <laughs> you can have an online set for life coaching but i really doubt that that will actually mean anything to me so um, even for you know for for leadership roles even um uh, especially going into research you know um liberal arts for example right so even the fact because um I'm, i have a basically i have a feeling or of, it's more of a fear really that if we gear so much into virtual learning that the essence of social interaction, face-to-face learning, even clubs and activities, societies, um, research, right? It all starts to dissipate. And there's there's consequences down the line, you know? We we don't know because in education, these universities are institutions themselves, right? So we're, legit, we're really questioning their existence and the legit- legitimacy of these institutions right now, and that could be have having several or really bad repercussions in society further down. We might never know, especially if you um you know there are a lot of um, prominent feminists uh coming up within academia, gender studies, all these sort of fields, right? So um I would um like to think that um we we always have to even the process of critical thinking. I think that also comes into play when you get the education. I don't know. It it is possible to get one. I mean, develop that said be problem solving, but I guess when you more when you share ideas with one another, right? That's a different thing altogether. And um, when it comes, so again, if maybe it applies to uh, other kinds of fields as well. But would you say that, uh, would you sort of agree with what I'm saying?
5: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think there's a study that's going around talking about even like as young as a toddler right now, they're not in school, right? So they don't have uh, interactions with other people. Um, mm. So how would our younger generation grow up to be in the future when they don't have social interactions with people? So it definitely it stems with you Know now, universities. Um, how do you even talk to people nowadays? Like maybe there'll be a, a course in the future like how to be a human being, how to socially interact,
3: right? Yeah,
5: it, it's something that is really Download scary. This app. <laughs> <Download this. laughs> talk to a person, <laughs> yeah, oh it, it, it's, it's really scary. Like, when I was reading that um study. I was really worried about, you know, I have a younger niece right now and she doesn't have any friends, you know, she's just with her dad and her mom at home, like, Mm. you know, maybe her development will be slower in the future because, Mm. you know, she didn't have peers that were alike to her.
1: Right, right. Yeah. Right. Okay, I mean, definitely from the entire conversation, what we can realize is that no matter what things have changed, but um, it, we just need to be able to adapt to it, like, right?
5: Yeah, and, and I yeah. think when you talk about taking um, professional certificates now, like focusing on that, I think yeah. uh, there has to be a balance in where you should get experiences as well. Like, yes, mm-hmm. you have the certifications, but mm-hmm. how are you able to apply what you've learned? I think that what, that's what employers would look at as well. Like, okay, yeah, you've done all these uh, certificates, you've done all these courses, mm. how can you bring this into my company? Mm. Right. Yeah.
4: Right. You know, when you, when you talk about like soft, uh, like as you already mentioned, you know, like those soft skills and critical thinking which you should be getting in, in university. Uh, yeah, I, I agree to that with a certain extent, but I also think that it's kind of sad that basically the generations before us have these soft skills and uh, most of them did not go to university. They were getting it in uh, in other avenues, right? In the community or, you know, at the mosque or church or or, or wherever. So like, I I think that when you talk about this diminishing soft skills in, in younger people, I think that it's probably like a larger problem than just education. Because if you talk like, for example, about critical thinking, a lot of universities uh, really don't encourage critical thinking if you if you're being honest about they it. They just feed
5: you everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I um, I do think that back then it was a lot easier for you to communicate with others because you had to go out to talk to people, right? Now you can just sit at your home That's and then just like yeah. text them and everything. So we've got that going on for us. So,
1: hmm.
3: pros and cons.
1: Right. right, right. Okay, I mean, um so before we end, just one just one last topic, and it's not just it's not valued the least anyway, but we're going to be talking just on the gig economy, right? So in regards to this part, there are many like uh, what uh I've mentioned earlier, there are many different camps suffering. And I don't, uh, I do not know to what extent, but um, purely by the numbers, it would be SMEs as a whole, but within the FMB, retail, aviation <laughs> industry, um, right? So there are many of these camps of groups of people that are suffering at different levels, and like you said, and more, a lot of them. Um, have resorted towards the gig economy. Those working in the gig economy before COVID was not able to actually make a living wage. And that's a big problem. And there's also a handful of providers that actually um, provide these platforms, right? But, you know, there's also... There's a change of demand also, right? From consumers wanting these... um, these services as well, because mainly because of lower incomes. Um, so essentially, um, Punjana has, uh, for example, um, funneled in about 75 million into the gig economy, right? And um, with that, right, and with that, with everything that's going on, whatever we just spoke about, right? Do you think that um, the gig economy can be a sustainable job at least for the short to medium
0: term
5: yes uh i think yes definitely um because you know hustle demi hasil yes so they're living that hustle life right and um i think before this they weren't it wasn't an in-demand job like i during mco i didn't know how much i needed a delivery guy before, like they are so, they're like my number one guys now. 100%. I would use them on a daily basis to send things to my mom, or my mom send me food. Um, so definitely it's something that is sustainable, but not for a very long time because I'm sure uh, people would find other ways. Um, sorry, I'm like running out of uh, words. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But how you explain it, it's definitely true. Uh, gig economy right now. I think the 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 injection of the money is definitely helping right now, um, mm. because they understand that bigger companies, bigger corporations are not hiring, and they need to find ways to help people to sustain, right? Um, mm. and that's why you see a lot of uh, fitness instructors during MCO going into what wet market work. Mm, um, mm, you see a lot of people becoming grab delivery guys or LalaMove or Mr. Speedy and there's like so many other avenues that people can work into right now. So mm. one of my points as well for advice is just to take whatever you can get but ensure that whatever you take, you understand uh, what you can take out from it. like Your transferable skills, your soft skills, um, how mm. you manage a client. If there was an issue in a delivery, let's just say, how do you manage that situation? How do you manage conflict?
1: Um, mm-hmm. that's true that's yeah. a good point
5: yeah so um, definitely being in the gig economy right now you have to be someone that is willing to take a risk right because a lot of people want stability right now but being in gig economy being, being a gig worker uh, you're not getting that stability so that's why you see a lot of people I think I have a friend who got laid off and now she's mm. like selling cakes on Instagram
3: mm.
5: um, and yeah Um, and there's a lot of people who are just trying to make a living again so social media has helped them you know promote i'm saying like i'm baking right now actually i even started selling cakes
1: would you like to first to like drop it in (laughs) this podcast oh
0: hang on plug it plug it
1: plug it it, no
5: i won't because now i'm to do it requires a lot of uh, hard work and. <laughs> to
3: make the time.
1: time. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> you have. No, actually, okay. You have no, destroyed your yeah. credibility. In her. <laughs>
5: <laughs> so, <laughs> the time where I decided, like, hey, I can um, start selling these, the minute I said, like, okay, and I started taking in orders. I went to like 7 to 10 shops and I couldn't find any baking supplies. And that's when I realized there's so many competitions out there for home bakers. Uh, Am I willing to be one? Should I focus on other avenues of my skills?
1: No, but why did you want to be (laughs) one? I mean, you're not making it your primary source of income, right?
5: Uh, Yeah, it was actually... Just for the fun of it, like, uh, N- mm. Nazim said that this is the best banana cake he's ever had. Then when I give it to, to my to family, that. yeah, I know, no, no.
3: How many banana cakes have you had before? <laughs> <laughs>
5: uh, I'm hoping he's had so many that he has narrowed this down to be the best, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: I trust you.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But definitely, I think it was so hard to. I, I realized how hard it is to even start your business right now. Um, mm. You have to source out for your um, sources, like where to get your supplies,
3: yeah. um, how
5: to send things out. It's a lot of things that you want to consider. So I would yeah, just yeah. give out, I don't want to crowd the space, you know. So I just oh. let it to people who, you know, want to be in the space.
3: Right. It's
4: very condescending. <laughs> 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 if,
5: if these are really good banana cake, okay?
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whoever wants the best no. banana cakes can ask us, I guess.
5: <laughs> yeah. I, I hope that has answered uh, your question.
1: Yeah uh very much satisfied with the responses very much realistic and in line um got a lot of fresh new perspectives as well especially on the aviation industry <laughs> and uh,
5: hey <laughs> um shout out to pilots and shout out pilot lives steward- matter
1: to yeah <laughs> she, she has right oh
4: she has God. dumped on pilots she has dumped on digital marketers now she is down on the banana cake community also <laughs>
5: <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, actually, this is my way of uh, you know showing gratitude to them and saying like, hey, you know, big ups to uh, you guys. You know, you're strong.
4: Well, like I feel sorry for you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what? Uh, we've done enough. This episode. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs>
5: Uh, okay Kat, so, thanks everyone <laughs> but yeah seriously so,
4: thanks Amalina
3: like
1: <laughs> we, yeah yeah so I like guess uh, we're done right yeah yeah we yeah. Done? yeah 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 so uh, just let me just close off uh, once again thank you Amalina for joining us on this very special episode uh, uh, spending your time with us as well to talk about employment in a recession. And um, for those of you who have any questions that you might want to ask Amelina, just like DM us, send us an email, uh, whatever you like as well. And so, uh, thank you to Shai as well, coming in as uh, our fresh graduate as well. Thank you very much for spending your time with us.
5: Congratulations on, that- on getting a job during thank these you. Uh, hard times. Thanks, Amelina. Yes, yeah, it's really uh, congratulations.
3: I'm
4: not gonna
1: check. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. Great spirit. Love it. Okay, on that note, uh, thank you very much everybody and good night.